All right, it's news to us. We're here live on Adobe Radio, coming to you from our quarantine, our respective quarantine. Jason is here from his. Yes, I am. Hello, everyone. With special co-host tonight, Katie. Hello. Also hanging out with Jason in quarantine. Uh, You guys are not social distancing right now. No, we are not. Oh, my God. We're squished on the couch. Well, cat's out of the bag. Uh, We have to alert HR of this, but... uh, those two might be in a relationship. Ooh. And they might have a kid. Yikes. Together. So. Uh-oh. But it continues on from our respective quarantine. Hope that everybody is staying safe and healthy, although that's become sort of a cliche. But It's uh, news to us. In COVID-19 quarantine 2020. We sent you guys some equipment to make this technologically possible this week. Did everything get received? Are you using it? Is it, is it okay? Uh, yeah, yeah, we're using it and it's working just fine. Where are you in your uh, in your in your home right now? Are you in the she shed? No, we're on the couch. Okay, in, our, in the living room. I must say, your new internet makes you sound a lot better on the show. Oh, really? It really does. Yeah, you're welcome. Should we? Can we expense this? We should. You're welcome, America. America. <laughs> There you go. Well, we're going to talk to a lot. Of course, idiots are protesting the statewide lockdown because of COVID-19 in many different states. Did you go protest? Oh, yeah. I was out there with my MAGA hat and everything. Oh, my God. You would. Yeah. Uh, no, I was not. <laughs> was not. There's probably like some new listeners to the show. and They're like, what am I listening to right now? Uh, no, oh. I was not out there with. Uh, no, fuck these people. We'll tell you why. Fuck these people. Okay. And then also All we're right. going to we're gonna, uh, right. uh, then we're going to talk to Betsy Sweet, a Democrat running to unseat everyone's favorite senator Susan Collins in Maine. That should be interesting. So uh, there's so much to get to. So here we go. It's news to us with Eddie and Jason. And Katie, yes, our social media manager, too, by the way, I should say. Katie, you're killing it on the the socials. Oh, I thank you. If you ever wondered who's tweeting on the It's News to Us account, it is Katie right there. I feel like lately it's been kind of a downer. There's not a whole lot of, like, fun things to discuss on social media, so it's hard. What do you mean there's nothing fun to talk about? (laughs) <laughs> There's just a lot of dark things to talk about on social media these days. So, oh, like what? Like yeah, uh, two thousand four hundred eighty-one people died today of COVID nineteen. That you can't tweet about that. You know, numbers and things. <sighs> yeah, yeah. It's a bummer. It is a bummer. It's all bummer. How how are you holding up? I'm holding up okay. You know, day to day. How about you? It is day to day. Yeah, yeah, I know. How are you? Uh, are you feeling okay overall? I know, like, you know, you had an accident and then you just started to like feel better. Then this happens. Yeah, it's kind of shitty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I actually am going to get to go back to physical therapy on Friday, and I'm actually looking forward to it. So for the shoulder, so okay, yeah, that's yeah. good. I mean, uh, one good thing about this is that it makes us appreciate the little things like doctor appointments. I'm almost excited to go to the dentist, but my uh, I haven't reset right. my appointment yet. Yeah, so 
Yeah, yeah, right. I'm like, yay, I get to go to the doctor. So, yeah, get out of the house. Um, Jason, how are you doing this week? Just fine. I'm doing good. I've been <laughs> home for like five or six weeks. Something like that. Are you guys starting to drive each other crazy at all? I mean, you guys live together and do you have a daughter? How's that um, working out? <laughs> Katie's not driving me crazy. How about you, Katie? No, he's actually not driving me crazy either. I think my biggest worry is just like keeping the kid happy and making sure that she's like not unhappy because that's hard right now. She's only eight, so. Yeah, I bet. Is how is she taking it? Pretty good. That's good. Yeah, kids are pretty resilient. I did it's see a lot for kids to go through though. It is a lot for a kid to go through. It's almost traumatizing, I think. So it's I, she she wrote a very uh what was that th- that she wrote to the Easter bunny, Jason, that uh just a that note letter. to the Easter bunny. Yeah. Yeah. What'd it say? She, she didn't want anything except for the coronavirus to go away. Ugh. That was kind of heartbreaking. Ugh. It really yeah. is. Well, yeah. Easter Bunny did not deliver. Fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that Easter Bunny. I've been saying it for years. Well, uh, he's an asshole. <laughs> but it's not time to reopen, okay? All of you idiot protesters out there, idiots are protesting and saying that we should reopen, and that is tonight's. The Dirty Deeds. An in-depth look at this week's most important stories. Oh, yeah, these uh, far-right groups and even mainstream Republican groups are leading the effort. It is a wave of anti-lockdown demonstrations all across the country. People are out there waving their fucking Trump flags and even American flags, too. Here in uh, Denver, we'll get to the city-by-city protests, but did you guys see... That uh, we'll get into this more specifically in a second, but for the most part in Denver, it was just idiots driving around in their Ford F one fifties, blocking the roads. How is that a yeah. protest? Fuck you! It's a social distancing protest. <laughs> Fuck you! Weren't they trying to like block the way to a a hospital or something? I believe they were. There's Denver Health over there, where yeah, they were of Twelfth uh, and Grant. I, because I actually tweeted out earlier uh, pictures of nurses that went out and got in front of some of the trucks. And mm-hmm. um, there's a video of it out there, too. I mean, it was just horrible. The things that people were screaming at these nurses. Yeah. Standing out there. Here's like, a bit of that audio, actually, from your tweet. It's news to us on Twitter. There's this lady sticking her head out of a giant ram truck with a giant sign that says land free. <laughs> and she's just like yelling, this is America. And there's a male nurse standing in front of this Ford F-150 just peacefully yeah. protesting. It's like she forgot the of the in the I middle know. of the land of free. Land yeah. free. America. Fucking idiots. Well, why are they idiots? I know we're just throwing this around. We'll tell you why they're idiots in a second. We're not just saying that, man. But, you know, I was actually out because uh, we do the show from Denver. I was riding my bike at this time, three or four blocks from there, and I was clueless. I had no idea that was going on. Otherwise, I would have gone and covered it for the show. 
at least stopped by oh. and took some photos. I had I was clueless. I was like, duh, 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 having a Can nice Sunday. Here I am. What a great, Ready. beautiful, what a beautiful Ready day. Bike. <laughs> yeah. Were you wearing a mask riding your bike? Absolutely. And you know what? A lot of people weren't. Most, yeah. uh, I'd say 80% were not wearing a mask. And there I was like, it's really hard to breathe when you're doing that kind of exercise. But, uh, Anaerobic. yeah, yeah. But, but so anyways, to back it up, Trump wants to reopen the economy. He wants to get it back on track. Why does this asshole want to get it back on track? What do, what do you guys think? Oh, it's an election year. Oh, he j- he just wants to make himself look good. Yeah, that's like the only thing he's been over the past, what, three and a half years saying that almost three and a half years. He's uh, been running on the, the whole Wall Street platform saying, oh, look at the stock market. Look at the economy. It's booming. Jobs, 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 jobs. And now it's all tanking. So what does he have now? It's like a Hail Mary. Yeah, you, know, you would think the, the stock market would be in worse shape than it is, though. Like it really it's really suspect to me how it's performing right now. What do you mean? Well, well I don't know enough like, about stock, so I have no idea. Yeah, I'm just saying like the stock market took a hit, but I mean, it's still fairly high. But where we have, what, 17, 18 million people have claimed unemployment in the last three weeks. Like, I think the stock market does not uh, indicate how the economy's doing or the general American public. It's just showing rich assholes. Do you think that these rich assholes that own these companies, here's my biggest fear. They have like all these furrow lows and layoffs. They're going to figure out how to do a lot of this. Uh, they're going to figure out how to get more people out of the workforce for good and how to absolutely as they're adapting. Yeah. yeah. It's going to cost jobs. I'm, I'm worried that they're going to make it so that they can hire everybody back and make everybody come back at lower wages. That too. There's nothing preventing any of that. Trump says that he wants Americans to go back to work. He keeps saying this during his stupid, idiotic breast uh, uh, breast briefings. Breast briefings. Because all I can think about is breasts when I see his face. Because I'd rather not what? look at his face. What? <laughs> I'd rather think of something pleasant. I'd rather think of something pleasant. Okay. So now I just see breasts when I look at Donald Trump. It helps. Well, I mean, I encourage everybody crazy. does it. It's crazy that, um, you know, the official uh, web white, website from the White House says open, opening up America again. I mean, that's again, again, opening up America again. That's what they like call this at I mean, White House. Slogan. It's an election. It's just a campaign slogan again, again. When, when did it close down like this before the Great Depression? I, I don't know. But not really. I, I don't know that we've ever told people to stay at home like this. Even during the Spanish flu, I don't think people realized this until it was almost too late. So opening up America again—that's that's stupid. It's just an—it's just a campaign slogan. But he's pushing for it. He's saying let's open up America. But all the experts are still telling us uh, not so fast. Uh, let's be very cautious about it. The scientists—this is who we really care about. The public health experts. They say that if we're going to start to reopen America at some point, we don't know when. There has to be a lot of testing. DJT yeah, I mean, keeps saying no testing, right? Or, well, there's no federal like, response for testing. I mean, experts are saying that we should be testing millions of people per day, 
and some have even said uh, as many as 20 to 30 million people need to be tested. And right now we're currently testing 120,000 oh um, tests to, uh, per day. But you realize Trump is all, he's a numbers guy. So if we're testing 20 to 30 million people per day, we're going to learn that we have a hell of a lot more people infected. And that's going to look bad during election year. Can't have him looking any worse than he looks now. Well, what do you think is going to be worse, Eddie? Do you think the economy not coming back or a higher uh, number of cases? He's all about numbers. This guy's well, an which idiot. one? Oh, which do so I think? Both numbers. Yeah, which one do you think matters more? The number of cases or the economy uh, the, coming back well, online? It's not a matter of me thinking anything because the cases are higher than we know because we aren't testing. So let's find out where these people are, then isolate them. You know, what my thoughts been all along is that he doesn't want to know the number of infected people because he doesn't really care how many people die without them being linked to the infection because it kind of improves his odds of winning again in the end, yep. don't you think? Oh, yeah, definitely. If there's a higher, the higher the death toll, I think it's all about the death toll at this point. He doesn't care who exactly. gets this virus. He cares about the death toll. And, and if, so, yeah. And, and it's going to end up taking out mostly people who would vote for his opponent. So, why do you, you know, say that? Explain that. What do you mean? Does, because it's going to take out. Uh, minorities and but also old people who old are uneducated people. in the South are at risk too. Yeah, I don't know, but you're right. But you're right though, because in the metro areas like New York, that's just it's devastating just because of the the yeah, it's going to take out density. big cities with big populations, and that's where people tend to vote blue, and he knows that, and he's backing up places that are voting red and not backing up places that are voting blue. He's sending supplies to places that, you know, voted red and not. Oh my God. Yeah. That's a whole scandal in itself that I thought we could do a whole show on almost, but we know we don't have time. We can only do like one show a week here. So there's only so much to get to, but so it all ties into his, his bullshit spiel that he gives every day his campaign rally every afternoon uh, yeah that, that is what it has become but what is so what is this plan to reopen exactly jason so he says that he's got this plan what does this yeah, entail so last thursday they came out with a plan um it's a, i think it's four phases um in this plan the first phase would be states or regions would have social distancing guidelines similar to those in place now um, they would prohibit gatherings of more than 10 people, uh, maintain physical distance, working from home when possible. Schools, bars, restaurants would remain closed. Uh, and vulnerable people would be urged to stay home. Phase two. Um, so in phase one, we have you have to stay in phase one until um, there's a 14 day period of a downward trajectory of cases of COVID-19. So the the stipulation is is between each phase you have to have a two week trend of of declining cases of coronavirus. If you start seeing an increase again, you may even roll back to you know previous phase. Mm. All right. So phase two would be uh, 
limiting gatherings to 50 people or less and resume non-essential travel. Uh, working from home <sighs> would still be encouraged. I'm, I'm just hearing this. I'm like, we're like really in for the long haul here. Is what this is. School, schools can reopen. Bars can operate with diminished standing room occupancy. And vulnerable people will still be urged to stay home. And if that goes well and there's still a downward trajectory of cases after two weeks, you go to phase three. How is this accomplished um, without testing, though? That's what well, I want to know. This is all based on uh, expanding testing as well. And exactly. And we can't expand testing because he won't send the supplies to any states and he's literally hoarding supplies as they come into the country. Exactly. And them. <laughs> even with these phases of testing, the uh, most Americans don't even want to, they, they don't trust it because according to a new poll, a new Harris poll, whatever that is, I think it's a trusted organization. They say that almost Eight in 10 Americans are more likely to watch a movie at home than going to a theater. And 85% are more likely to still exercise at home, even if these uh, restraints start to uh, be loosened. People are still going to be really cautious because there's still no vaccine. There's still no treatment. And people realize that you can't just reopen the economy because Trump waves his wand. It's not going to go back to normal. We're dealing with a a virus here that has to be dealt with, and it's only going to be over time fucking more we hope hope that we deal with it like i mean do you have any faith that the federal government's going to respond in the right manner they haven't so far i'll tell you that much do you think they'll respond uh they'll have a they'll uh adhere to their own plan on reopening america well, there's a lot of flip-flopping and wishy-washy shit coming from the federal government, but most states are banding together, or not most, uh, some states are banding together to just ignore the federal government and do what they feel is right. States that neighbor, like New York, Pennsylvania, and uh, that area, the the northeastern area, and then uh, the Washington, California, and... Uh, Gavin Newsom's been a real rising badass in this whole situation. As has Andrew Cuomo. People on in New York are, are really familiar with him, but I hadn't really paid attention to him until now. But he seems pretty cool in all of this. Uh, but yeah. So even though like all of Americans, most Americans are not buying into the bullshit. Trump is like, okay, let's stir some shit up. Let's uh, encourage people to protest. And he's been tweeting, liberate, liberate Michigan, liberate Minnesota on his fucking Twitter, telling people to go out and protest the a day uh, after a day after they announced the plan to reopen America. Oh, my God. A day after that. Yeah, he's on Twitter telling people, fuck it. Let's just go out there and go congregate. Everybody gets together. Uh, fucking hold hands. Yeah. Make out tongues with tongues and uh Fucking liberate Minnesota. God damn it. So people uh, go out and protest this. Uh, and and this has been going on. Uh, what this was, was it just on Sunday or were there other days? It, it's been going on for like a little while, right? There's been protests in a state every day in the last week, I think. Oh, just on Sunday here. Yeah. Today but, okay. there was a protest in Pennsylvania. Okay. Get, so there's protests happening in uh, like one state per day, it seems like. All right. Uh, here in Pennsylvania, here's audio of Pennsylvania. 
This is uh, a protester saying why she is doing what she's doing. Here she is. Go ahead. What brought you here today? Brought. I came here because I am very skeptical of what we're being told about coronavirus. I wanted to kind of be with people who think like I do. Idiots. And are not afraid to get out there and live and reopen America the way it should be open. We're doing more harm than than we are good. Okay, shut up. Can't take it anymore. But yeah, there's these people out there. They're like, oh, my God, reopen America. Help me. We have to reopen. We're doing more harm than good. Actually, we're not. When it comes to human lives or uh, continuing to bankroll billionaires by being slaves in their corporations, which, which is better? I don't know. I guess it depends on your own personal priorities. Fuck all these people. Well, I mean, I, de- I definitely get this, what they're saying. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that are really hurting. Like, if you like see like food banks where you have you know hundreds and thousands of people like needing food like but do you realize that they're hurting all over the place if they need a job that bad king supers is hiring like okay and that's a republican point right there pick yourself up by your fucking bootstraps but also how about this right now they're all upset because they don't have health care they don't have any money but then they all vote for republican policy that is all i mean they're getting what they voted for I mean, it is pretty stupid that our healthcare is tied to our job. Like, you lose yeah. the job, you lose healthcare. It's the dumbest thing ever. And have they been it's supporting the Democrats? They vote for every time, though, over and over and over again. They're out there protesting their own fucking voting choices. That's what they're doing. They're so goddamn stupid. I'm tired of it. I really am. Had enough. <laughs> really. <laughs> I've had it up to here. Uh, here's Michigan's yeah. protest. Oh, sorry, you had something to say. No, go for it. No, let's hear Michigan. Okay, this, this is, so here's the scene. It's some asshole in his uh, his Yukon XL, and he's got a speaker uh, attached to the roof and a whole bunch of Trump signs all over it. Keep America great, USA, USA. And here's what he's saying. People, and we drove out here a thousand plus cars strong to make sure that our messages were heard that she knew that the trump unity bridge and the michigan people want to open up our jobs we want to let fishermen fish (laughs) we want to let farmers farm yeah fishermen can still fish i don't know what that's all about he realizes he can still fish right there's nothing against that because you're pretty isolated does he real does he does he think that you get covid from from fucking fish is that what this guy does why do you have to bring fish into the conversation? That's not nice. Because he did. He needs he needs to be able to defend himself. <laughs> I don't know. It's just really uh, terrible. But then we, when we dig into these protests even more, we're finding out that these protests are organized, especially so that started in Michigan. The uh, Michigan Conservative Coalition organized the Michigan protest, and then the other states started to copy their blueprint. And if you look at their Facebook pages, they pretty much have all the exact same about me bio information. They look like they're just kind of cookie cutters, like all over the country. And we uh, find out that uh, this Michigan conservative coalition is linked to none other than a Trump cabinet member, the great Betsy DeVos. She's my favorite. She is funding. In a, not maybe not directly. I'll give her the benefit of the doubt, but she is still literally funding these protests to undermine undermine the government. 
her own government. Not even her own government. I, to undermine local state government. I mean, that's kind of a that's kind of a, a leap there, Eddie. Like from what I could tell, it was her husband's former campaign manager who's funding that. Who is and Betsy DeVos directly? I mean, that's a jump there. Well, that that's what. Okay, maybe that was a jump. I got ahead of myself. That was a Thank jump. you. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, but <laughs> but she is linked. We don't know that. Okay, yet. thank you. <laughs> I didn't get ahead of myself. Thank you. But uh, well, she is linked. Yeah, from what I read, they're pretty linked. It was like their super pack is a super pack that her family funds is basically paying for the Facebook pages. So. I mean, it seems like there is money coming from her family or whatever going into these organizations. Yeah, her family's basically paying for it. So, yeah, I mean, she's pretty much paying for them. When I say her, I mean, I, I don't, I mean, I don't know if it's her personally. You're right there. But it just seems like ugh, there's a lot of shady it's, shit going it's, there. It's a lot. It's really close. Yeah. Okay. I took a bit of a jump there. It's a leap. Yeah. But you're right. No, we should stick to the facts. That was a small jump. No, we should stick to the facts. You're right, though. More facts. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, there's truth in facts. <sighs> but uh, anyways, <laughs> I thought it would be good to end this segment, unless you guys have any final words. But actually, final words on this. Uh, I have a way to end this. Uh, nope. But I'm out of here. Okay, Katie. Good. Thank you for joining us for the first segment of the show. Yes, thank you for having me. You guys have a lovely evening. You as well. And we will close it out with this statement from a, this is a viral rant that is going around Twitter right now. And uh, this woman, her husband is working on the front lines during the COVID response. People are out there protesting that their civil rights are being violated and that they want to be out of their quarantine. You should know what my husband is doing right now. He works for emergency management in a large state with uh, a very large coronavirus problem. And they're expecting a huge onslaught of dead bodies next week. My husband is currently preparing refrigerated body trucks to handle all of those dead bodies. My husband is standing in a refrigerated truck thinking, I really hope my loved ones don't end up in here and I don't either. So please... Stay the hell home because the last ride you ever want to take is the one in that truck. Stay home. The economy bounces back. People don't. All right. Very powerful words right there. We'll be right back. It's news to us. We're back here live on Adobe Radio. And we are pleased to welcome our guest tonight. Betsy Sweet is a Democrat running to unseat everyone's favorite, uh, everyone's favorite Republican senator, Susan Collins. And she's joining us live on Skype right now. Betsy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Betsy, uh, this you're up for quite the challenge here. Uh, you know, Susan Collins, the most unpopular senator in America. I mean, it, if you actually, if if you, I mean, you're on the primary right now. If you get the nomination, how are you going to unseat this unpopular, wonderful person? Yeah, I, you know, I think that uh, 
so many Mainers feel like they've been betrayed by her. You know, I have Republicans come up to me all the time saying, you know, I voted for her every time and I will never vote for her again. And I understand when Democrats say that and, and independents, but when Republicans say it, I'm almost like, I'm very curious. I'm like, why, what is it that she's done? And it's, you know, it's not an issue necessarily that's uh, drives folks. I think it's a sense that she's betrayed us and she's betrayed us because every single time, that Mitch McConnell or Donald Trump need her vote, she gives it to them. And it doesn't matter whether it's against the people of Maine's wishes or not. So right. Kavanaugh was, you know, the most notable one. Yeah. The tax cut was another one, you know. So I think that, um, unfortunately, she's doing a lot of the campaigning herself to unseat herself. Have you actually met Susan Collins? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been an advocate in Maine for about 37 years. Okay. I've worked with her qu- quite a bit. You know, I used to... Um, represent the main women's lobby and the commission for women. And, you know, we did a lot of work with her and with her office. And, um, and then she has just left us, you know, she, she that, seems like a nice lady. I just don't know what happened. She like the spine just got sucked out of her. Do you think maybe she has given up on it and doesn't really want to be in office or do you think maybe she this, always is, been this way? Yeah, no, no, she hasn't. She's, I mean, you know, there's a song, you guys are probably too young to remember, but there was a song that you left us just when we needed you most. And I think that that's, you know, I really think that's what happened, you know, and I think, I do think there's a part of it that you, you know, you get so, she's been there so long. She's been, she was first elected in 1996 and she said she was only going to run for two terms and that clearly didn't happen. But I think you just get sucked into the vortex. And, you know, this is a woman who said that Donald Trump was not fit to be president and, she then went on to vote with him 89% of the time. And so, you know, I think that she has just gotten sucked into the power, sucked into the culture of Mitch McConnell and, you know, the sort of winning at all costs. And, you know, she'll do things like, um, you know, she'll say one thing here in Maine and then she'll go to Washington and do something completely different. And I don't know if she's thinking that we're not watching, we're not paying attention, but um, she just really has not been the senator that uh, I think people first elected. Well, fair enough. Yeah. And then her vote during and her reasoning for voting during the impeachment of Trump was just ridiculous, saying that he'll, uh, you know, we're going to vote to equip because he'll learn his lesson. And clearly oh. he has learned his lesson. Hasn't he? <laughs> hasn't he? Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, right. This idea that he'll learn his lesson. And then, you know, then then she's I mean, she's even made, you know, you've made it when you're on you're being, you know, uh, made fun of on Saturday Night Live. But, you know, she says, oh, I'm so disappointed or you know, she said even about the epide- the pandemic that we're going through, you know, well, he did a lot of things right in the beginning. And now she's backing off of that and saying, well, his actions have been uneven, you know, and it's just like, what? <laughs> it's like, what, what are you talking about? It just makes no <laughs> sense to me. But I'll get to know you a little bit. We usually like to get to know uh, politicians a little bit more before or, or prospective politicians even before we uh, talk to them on the show. And uh what what is your daily routine like during the COVID lockdown so far? How are you getting through and getting by? Oh, so um, the, uh, so it's a whole new world um, as for all of us. And I have three uh, f- fantastic daughters: a twenty five year old who was working. She's just back from Tanzania, and before this, and is working remotely. So she was in and out of home anyway. So she's home. And then I have twin daughters who are seniors in college. So they are both home finishing out their senior semester at home. Um, so there's, we have, uh, and then my partner. So there's five of us working from home, um, five adults. And so that's <laughs> been 
good. It's a little bit of a challenge. So it's like your own office and- space, though. You should just get like a cubicle spacing <laughs> set up, and exactly, we have little we have little spaces put out, and yeah. we've invented an invisible coworker named Trudy, who we blame on for everything, which is great. <laughs> you know, we blame her for not doing the dishes, not putting her stuff away. <laughs> so, um, but in terms of the campaign, you know, ours was a very is a very grassroots campaign. I I spent. Uh, thousands of miles and we had 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 35 town halls and kitchen table conversations before the pandemic and we had about over 50 events that we had to um you know cancel or reschedule uh hopefully reschedule but cancel and so we moved everything to be digital so i spend right now i spend a lot of time on the phone a lot of time on zoom calls um i think we're doing some really fun creative stuff we're doing these sweet and greets where people can invite their friends in to meet us and um you know just have a little quick zoom call and they get to ask questions and, oh, that's cool uh, i always yeah, like so, a good yeah. pun that's always fun uh, yeah the democrat yeah. Uh, front runner right now is uh, Sarah Gideon, and she's been raising a ton of money, $7 million in the past three months. How are you competing against this sort of fundraising? Well, you know, we'll be outraised, but we'll never be outworked. And I think, you know, for many of us, you know, this idea, one of my, you may know that one of my life's uh, work has been to get money out of politics. And in Maine, you know, this race, this primary, we're likely to have maybe 60,000, 70,000 people vote. And the fact that we have a candidate who has already spent $10 million in this race is obscene. Why and is Maine think, so important, do you think? Well, I think it's because, you know, we need to we need to switch four Senate, right, four senators in order for the Democrats to take over the Senate. And yours in Colorado is one of them. Ours is one. And I think that's the race. And the, and the more her numbers go down the more um, the national folks want to decide, you know, they have a, the DSCC and Chuck Schumer have an idea of how they want to win this race. And that is to raise a ton of money and put a ton of negative ads on about Susan Collins. I don't think that's a, a formula that's going to win. That worked um, for Mitch McConnell though. Do you think it doesn't well, work for Democrat voters? Yeah. For, de- for Democratic voters, I don't think it's going to win. I, you know, I think that um, people in Maine that I've talked to and I, I ran for governor two years ago. So I've spent three years now crisscrossing the state talking to everybody and people want to know what we're for. You know, they want to know what we're going to do to help the fact that they, you know, before, even before this pandemic that, you know, they didn't need a job. The fact was they had jobs, but they had to have three jobs to make ends meet. You know, they couldn't figure out how to get their kid to be able to go to college without having, you know, crushing debt and, you know, all those kinds of things. And so unless we offer solutions, people aren't going to vote for us. And so I think that, um, you know, again, we are talking to tons of people. We have a base from our last election um, of very loyal people who love us and who think that our vision aligns with the values of Mainers. So it's definitely a um, tortoise and hare race, but we all know how that turned out <laughs> yeah i mean you never know well i yeah. yeah it's great that you're in it and you know you did mention your daughters and student loan debt is a huge problem in this country i mean how would you tackle this issue when we have an entire generation that's only been crippled by the uh 2008 recession but also been burdened with a whole bunch of student loan debt that is jason and myself and then now we're now we're going to this covid19 Uh, recession. I mean, our generation has been just beaten up left and right. Yes, absolutely. And I, I mean, it's, it's awful. And I think that we have to do, well, I think we have some short term and long term things. I think short term, we have to cancel the student debt. You know, I think that we have got to, you know, the fact that we have federal agencies 
that are, you know, I went to, I went to school only because I was able to uh, borrow money and it took me almost 18 years to pay it off. But, you know, the costs then were much less. So I was paying, you know, $40 a month or $50 a month, which was, you know, not enough to change what kind of job I could get or whether or not I could buy a car or, you know, where I could live. But now, I know, you know, people have, 40, 50, $100,000 in debt. So, so, but the fact that we have agencies, uh, federal agencies that are making money off of lending students money to go to school, when that is something that we need in our society, we want people to be educated. So that has to or stop. Or do we? I mean, do the Republicans really want people to be educated? That's a question I ask myself very often. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's pretty cynical. <laughs> okay. I mean, I hope that that's not the, that, that's not the case. I hope. But you know and then I think, you know, we have to move to uh, um, college being part of the public good through, you know, because, you know, if you think about it, the way our school system was designed, like for K to 12, we designed that to be free education for everybody because the economy needed people with a high school education, essentially. Well, so now our economy mostly needs people with a technical education, two years or four years of college. So there's no reason that that should not be a public good for everybody. And, you know, every other country in the world does it. You know, how many, I mean, now there's people from this country that go to other countries to go to college for free. Um, and so I think that, again, it's, and it's not a matter of people say, well, how do we afford it? You know, can we do it? Well, we are seeing now that we can afford things without asking. We never ask about how we're going to pay for a war. We never ask how we're going to pay for a crisis like this. So if we decide it's important, we'll pay for it. Yeah. Jason. Well, um, so you you bring up other countries. They have, you know, free uh, school, free tuition uh, for higher education. And a lot of these countries, they rank higher. And one of the arguments Republicans always have is if we make education more attainable to all Americans, it'll somehow diminish the quality of education where America ranks in like I think in the thirties and forties out of countries, like what is the argument? Like, can you understand the argument or for that? Uh, No, honestly, I don't. I mean, I, you know, I think that this idea that's, you know, it's, it's part of the false, false narrative that they have, which is if something is government or if something is public good or shared, that it's low quality. And that's just not true. I mean, it's just not, it doesn't, first of all, it doesn't have to be true. And it's part of the narrative that they've been building for 30 years, which is, you know, big government, government's a waste, government's a mess, government's out to get you. Why do you You think this is, do you think it's to enrich just a few? That's kind of what I feel like. Yeah, no, I think so. And that's what's happened, right? I mean, absolutely. right. We have it. We have now five people in this country who have as much wealth as the bottom 50%. And we have, you know, a tax code now that has changed almost on its head from, you know, 30, 40 years ago in which the most uh, profitable corporations and the most profitable people are paying no taxes while you and I are paying 30 percent. Like, that's just wrong. And so the people who are benefiting from that are the ones who don't want it to change. And unfortunately, those are the people that are sitting in Washington. And that's why we have to get regular folks, working class folks, people who have a job, single moms like me. If we get to Washington, then we have a really different perspective about what people need and want and what's good for the country. 
Do you think that um, Trump, even though it's been really hard the last, you know, three years with him in office running the country, do you think like 20, 30 years from now, we'll look back and say it might have been one of the greatest things that's happened because it made more people aware of what was happening to us and we, you know, turn a page and, uh, you know, take a more uh, appropriate steps to help you know the working class i sure as hell hope so you know i mean i really think that this has i mean honestly if you if you combine trump within what's happened during this pandemic and we see how quickly our systems collapsed you know our economy collapsed how quickly you know our healthcare system was overwhelmed a matter of weeks yeah yeah in weeks right literally like my daughters who are seniors in college right i mean you know, three months ago, they were looking at the best job market ever. And, right. you know, it was great to be a senior in, you know, graduating in 2020. And now those prospects are very dim, you know. And so, but that just shows us how fragile the systems were because we've just been eroding the systems and we haven't invested, and I don't mean just money, but we haven't kept the development of systems that are actually strong and helping us thrive. We've seen this, you know, I mean, I don't want to get into too much theory about money systems, but, you know, companies and corporations, it used to be when they made money, they would put them back into the companies to expand the companies, raise the workers' wages, provide more benefits, you know, that's sort of how the system was supposed to work. And instead, what we see now is hedge fund companies and, you know, CEOs just sucking the profits out of companies and then just leaving the dregs there to try and skimp by. Right. And so, you know, the, econ- the allegedly the economy is getting better and better, but workers' wages are stagnant or going down, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we've got half the country that can't afford a $400 unexpected expense, and now we've got months of not being able to work. Right. So, of course, it's collapsing. And that was always a, one of those stats you'd see over and over again coming up in all these stories. Americans can't afford a $400 expense, and now we have all these people out of work, and they're faced with that. And everything is collapsing. When we talk about monetary systems, what's your uh, stance on a universal basic income? Well, you know, I I really, I I think, um, I was talking to someone today about it, actually. And I think that having um, an income that's guaranteed for people, a sort of baseline is really important. I think how we do that, there's some question about, like a universal basic income means everybody gets it. And I don't think, I'm not really that interested in helping people who don't need it to get it. So I have to, we have to figure that out. And someone was talking to me about a, um, a negative tax, which I had never heard of, but, um, where, you know, when you pay your taxes or if you don't have enough, you get enough, you get paid from that system so that everybody has X amount of money, you know, to, to, as basic income. So anyway, how you do it, I think is important. And I think we're seeing how important it is. Isn't it funny that, all these things that were so controversial and so like pie in the sky are the very things that we are using to get through this pandemic and that are going to get us out of it. And we needed them all along is the thing. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's, it's sort of sad. It took a pandemic and lots of people suffering and dying to make us realize it. We saw earlier in the show, we were uh, discussing the people who were protesting the lockdown. So there's still a portion of Americans who think that all this is just uh, BS. So Yeah, we had, a, we had a demonstration today right here in Maine, right in Augusta, two blocks from where I am. And have you been 
kind of digging into this a little bit. I don't know how much you have, but um, we were talking about earlier in the show that some of these protests may be astroturfing. I don't know if you've looked into that at all, but Mm -mm. maybe tell me. Uh, we don't have, we're almost out of time, but you should look into it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's all you're giving me. Come That's on. all you should. You really should. Uh, Betsy DeVos may or may not be involved <laughs> and her family. All right. All right. Um, well, look, I'll look into it. I okay. will. I promise. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, Betsy sweet for coming onto the show. And uh, again, Betsy is trying to unseat Republican Senator Susan Collins. We really hope that you get that, uh, nomination with the democratic uh primary on july 14th uh good luck to you there and uh betsysweet.com is there anything that you want to plug beyond that no i just want to say thanks so much and i just say to all your listeners you know i get how frustrated people can be with this political system and you know one of the one of the options is to not get involved or not vote or, you know, to say, oh, it's just Tweedledum and Tweedledee. But especially when you look at these down ballot races like mine, I'm, we need everybody to get out and everyone to vote and get engaged. So please go to BetsySuite.com. You know, this is a national race because um, flipping the seat for Susan Collins is going to have national implications. So if you can help us out by making some calls or, you know, going on some apps that we have all for the campaign to let everybody know somebody in Maine, you know, to let your friends know, um, we would really appreciate it. Again, it's BetsySuite.com. And I really appreciate you guys having me on. And thanks so much for everything that you do. No problem. And once you're, once you get elected, we will come visit you in Capitol Hill and do a show. Oh, and there. we'll have so much fun. That's right. awesome. Okay. Yeah, we'll, cool. do, we'll, we'll broadcast live from the Senate floor. That'd be amazing. All right. Well, good, good luck to you. And uh, we hope to talk to you soon. All right. Thank you so much for having me on. Take Thank good you. care. Stay you safe. Too. You too. Bye. All right. Bye bye. All right. See that, that seat right there in Maine really has a lot of implications. It does. It really does. I we really need to get the Senate back. Well, Absolutely. I mean, we. I mean, obviously, I'm a Democrat, right? Like <laughs> the American, sh- the American I'm people. My biases here. <laughs> yeah, we're, you know, we started out the show to hiding our biases, but you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> it's all out the window. I don't care anymore. I don't either because it's it is it's not, literally life and death. Like I'm not going to pretend to be like, oh yeah, I agree with some Republican policy at this point. What do I agree with that they have? I, I don't I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I, I try to think about it. Is there anything? Oh, no. We, maybe we should do a show on this. <laughs> we should. Because the more the more I the more I'm educated, the more I read about it, the more that we keep up on it with this show. Honestly, just reading the news has like made me become an in, from independent to registered Democrat, just like by reading news stories. That's the the opinions that I've been forming, personally. Mm. What about you? Yes. You know, I always said I was in the middle, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely. Yeah, me too. I, I used feel to say like that. I'm not in the middle anymore. Same. I used to always be like, yeah, I'm a middle of the road kind of guy. You know, it doesn't depend. It doesn't uh, really matter. Uh, okay, I can get along with everybody. Well, I mean, that goes to the polarization of our uh, politics nowadays, right? Like most people, I. I would think, you know, most people I talked to 10 years ago, they would say they were, you know, right in the middle. Like they might skew a little bit one way or the other, but they would, you know, they'd be in the middle. But like over the last like 10 years, I feel like it alt right and far left like have split and 
everyone, and like no one can say they're in the middle anymore. Maybe that's true. Maybe we're falling for that. But at the same time, when I just think about the the policy on black and white, uh, what makes sense to me, I call me uh, crazy, but I support the ninety nine percent of America who are working class, <laughs> even though they don't support themselves. Yeah, that's the truth. Like, let me help you. Me. Help me help oh, you. As people vote against their own interests, and they. they then they flip it and say that you're a sheep for, you know, they're your sheeple. I fucking hate that. Okay. Be, when yeah. you vote for Republicans, you're basically voting against your self-interest. Thank That's how you. it feels to me anyway. It's literally what it is. Unless, unless you are rich, unless you're like super rich, God bless you. Yeah, but you don't need it. Hey, think about the rest of us out here who are struggling for the so-called American dream. Even like the top, like the top five wealthiest people in America, three of them are Democrats. So you can't. It's like the really, the un, the immoral, uh, rich people. So you're equating being Republican with being immoral. That's interesting. Yeah, I am. We'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> You know, having testicles might not be good when it comes to COVID-19. Did you hear about this? I have not heard about this. Yeah, uh, man, uh, testicles always get in the way of everything. So according to a uh, study, they found that uh, they looked at men and women who both had COVID-19. They found that women took four days to clear the infection while men only took or men took six and women only needed four. And they say this is likely because uh, testicles might harbor the coronavirus and give it uh, like a little sanctuary city in the in the testes. Mm. I like yeah. what you did there. Sanctuary city. Yeah. No more sanctuary cities and testicles. At least. You know what is interesting? Like, as I look up the numbers for our... Oh, station, no. It's uh, always at this time of the show, your microphone gets weird. You have to reset the browser. Okay. Refresh the page. <laughs> Always an hour in. Always an hour in. This happens to the show where Jason's microphone goes haywire. We don't know why. We're still working out the technical issues with uh, doing the show remotely, so we don't exactly know. Maybe it's because we hit an hour. Yeah, maybe it's trying to tell us to get off of this free service that we use. <laughs> yeah, like you only have an hour limit. We'll just have to remember to refresh every commercial break from now on. Yeah, that. Good call. <laughs> uh, but what I was saying is, as I look up the uh, COVID nineteen numbers for our state here, uh, which is Colorado, like the number of cases between male and female. So females fifty two percent of cases versus male forty seven. But the number of deaths is really alarming for males. So oh. females is thirty nine point eight seven. So roughly forty percent of deaths are female, whereas male it's Almost 60% of males die. Wow. So more women uh, that they've tested so far have COVID-19, but more men die from it. That is alarming. It is a male. Yeah. 
Well, stay safe, everybody. Are we going to end on that depressing note? Do we have anything <laughs> like uh, anything fun to talk about? I guess we should. We usually have to do something fun at the end, and I thought the testicle thing was fun just because it was testicles, but I guess it's not. Yeah. You had to, you had to bring that down. Uh, with numbers and facts. How dare I? How dare you? Like, really? I, I thought it was going to be a joke on testicles. Then you have to talk about mortality rates between men and women. Here's one for it, you. Okay, I've got a good one for you. So it, did you see this? Uh, All right, the, Jay Leno. Hey, uh, here's the, here's, hey, uh, hey, Kev. Nobody knows we're talking about Jay Leno. He's like, <laughs> um, KCRA TV is a TV station in Sacramento. And you know how, like, have you, so you've seen the local news people who are broadcasting from home? Uh, some. Yeah. yeah. Well, this uh, lady was doing a uh, one of the uh, reporters at this TV station in Sacramento was doing a quick tutorial on how to cut your hair from home. And she did it from her own bathroom and she set up her camera and uh, in her bathroom. And she's like showing everybody how to cut your own hair. But she didn't realize in the reflection of her mirror, you could see her shower. And in the shower, her naked husband was in there and it was all broadcast live on TV. <laughs> dong and all. There's a dong while she's oh, like... <laughs> they didn't blur it? They didn't know. It was live. Oh. <laughs> uh, I thought that was funny. Oh, what do you think she owes him now? I don't know. Like, how do you... How will she make <laughs> up to that guy, her uh, husband? Why do you think... He, would you care? If fucking, like... Yeah, a whole city saw me naked <laughs> on fucking news. Well, I'm sure it's on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, it's out there, but you can't really... Cool. It's kind of blurred in the... It's a little bit blurred it's just because in the background. It's not a very clear picture, but you can tell. You can see the like, outlines. It's not like it's not like a high-definition photo or anything, you know? Well, you obviously have studied it, so... Well, I'm looking I'll, at I'll it right now. I'm looking it. at it right now. I've seen the news story, so... It's not like you can see anything, really, but you can tell there's a dong there. <laughs> Is it like a Costanza from Seinfeld? Like, this is a cold shower. It's a cold shower. Uh, here, I'll send you the photo and you tell me if you no, mad. thank you. If uh, so, <laughs> stop sending me porn. Uh, you tell me if you'd be mad. I tell you that all week. Stop sending me porn all the time. It's tell weird. me if you'd be mad if this were you. I, I can't see anything. Because you need to. I just texted it to you on your oh, phone. God. I just sent you a dick pic for the first time. <laughs> That we've made public. <laughs> uh, I can't believe I'm looking at this. You can't. It's not. You can't really see. Yeah. Did you get the text? Yeah, I did. Would you be embarrassed or would you be mad if that happened to you? Uh, <laughs> why are you doing a story with your husband in the shower? Like I know. What the hell? Let him fucking dig a shower uh, in peace. Or, or tell him to do a shower I know. after your segment. I'd be live on the air here in any second. Can you maybe like take a shower in 20 minutes? Right? <laughs> Ugh. So would you be angry is my question, just based <laughs> on that level of exposure. <laughs> nah, I probably wouldn't be angry. Yeah, it's like, whatever. Who cares? <laughs> Uh, All right. Bye, everybody. We'll see you next time on It's News to Us.
appreciate it very much, Tim Apple.